You're a real crumb bum. Can you feel that? Can you feel what's about to happen on this field, man? So now it's fourth and 26. You want Philly food? This is Miracle in the Meadowlands, number two. And the Eagles fans. The Eagles fans. Eagles fans everywhere. This is for you. Welcome back once again to your new favorite source for Eagles news, analysis, and discussion. This is our third official episode, which means either we're doing something right or you sick freaks just love the abuse. Pretty excited today. I'm Eric. That's Dom. We are the Philly Specialists. Thanks for listening in again. Dom, what do we got today? So today, uh, starting something um, that I think is is pretty interesting. It's a uh, March Madness-esque tournament uh, where we're going to go through uh, eight players that we believe are the best bets to be the Philadelphia Eagles draft pick at number six. Uh, go through each one of them, have them face each other in gladiator-style combat, and making a decision on who we believe is the best uh, outcome at number six. And this will be to the death. Yeah, no, there's 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 no uh, there's no one uh, allowed to play in the NFL if they don't win in this tournament. Yeah. <laughs> So it's a it's an early day, you know, loosening up a little bit, you know. Had a had a long weekend. Just bought a house, Eric. Uh, yes, and, congratulations. Uh, thank congratulations. you, congratulations. Uh, and celebrating uh, pretty excessively over the last two days. And uh, this morning, I woke up and you know I said to myself, I'm not going to drink for this podcast. Um, we've determined that that is a lie. Uh, I'm feeling feeling loose again. There's uh, six empty beers on the table. We just started. <laughs> well, you had to have a couple early to get me get myself in the groove but again you know going through uh the actual premise of the episode i think what we're going to do today is uh focus on two of the matchups in the eight game tournament where we're going to focus on pass catchers here so we're going to go through the wide receiver and i guess uh, a slightly touch touch on tight end for for the eagles and then go into uh Smith versus Chase, and then Waddle versus Pitts. Uh, pick a winner out of those two. Hoping to uh, kick that out to the folks over at Instagram and have you guys tell us we're right because uh, we're the smartest football folks in the world. So before we we get too far into it, I think I think a good place to start for these matchups is kind of talking about the Eagles as a whole, talking about the wide receiver core that we have right now, and why we believe that. Uh, half of our bracket should be filled with pass catchers and why we're leaning towards these pass catchers early on. Looking at the Eagles wide receiver core in 2020, we were probably, if not the worst performing wide receiver core, we were probably pretty low. I mean, I mean, they were really bad. I mean, in, even in 19, they were pretty bad. You know, you didn't have a single wide receiver over 500 yards in 19. I don't think that's the case in 2020. I don't have it in front of me, but those problems certainly carried over into 2020. There was there were consistently issues with them getting open in one-on-one coverage. They didn't seem to be able to find weaknesses in zone coverage. You didn't see much production out of your first-round pick, Jalen Rager. In fact, he had a pretty bad year by all accounts. You still weren't able to get anything out of J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. You had injury problems with Alshon Jeffrey and, and Deshaun Jackson. Once again, a totally foolish signing two years ago, let alone now. Of course... Like all things on the Philadelphia Eagles, they were plagued by coaching. The Eagles in 2020 ran more vertical routes than any team in the NFL. You had a team that was running out there with a completely destroyed offensive line where at one point you had Carson Wentz was your starter and Jason Kelsey was your starter and every single other player on the offense was a backup or a guy that's, that they signed off the street. So 
regardless, you were still running verts left and right and asking for long developing plays where your quarterback who's already struggling and been I think he was sacked like 70 times or something, some some outrageous number. And you're asking him to take a five step drop and and throw a deep ball. The stubbornness had a direct effect on how bad they were. Yeah. So like look I, the way I look at this wide receiving core you know, injuries have played a, a, a huge part of 19 and 20, but just running through the list off the top of my head, this is really impressive. I'm thinking uh, Aguilar, you had Jeffrey, you had Jackson, you had Rager, Quez Watkins, and Hightower. And then at tight end, you were rocking with uh, Ertz, Goddard, and Dick Rod, uh, Richard Rogers. This is 19, right? Uh, 19 into 20. So I'm just looking at, you know, the, the level of talent that we've had over the last two years and, and kind of looking at it from a perspective of where the issue was, where, where the talent uh, void is. And, and I, I think that's that's the biggest black hole of of talent we've we've seen. Other and, than other linebacker. Well, yeah, linebacker is like one of those things, though, like linebacker to me, it's like like it's like saying a, a vegetarian's fridge doesn't have enough meat in it. Like, of course, it doesn't. But, you, you know, philosophically, those people are wrong and they just don't have meat in their fridge because they don't eat meat. Like the Philadelphia Eagles just refuse to believe that linebacker is something that you need to address. Yeah, they don't they don't think it's crucial. <clears throat> they, they run out there with Nate Jerry and, and uh, uh, Canadian football superstar Alex Singleton. Who you know was was an impressive player, but I think the Eagles are aware that wide receiver is an is an important position at, at where, compared to linebacker, where they just kind of don't think you need good linebacker play for are, whatever reason. Are they afraid that they've invested too much in the last two years in wide receiver, and now they won't take a wide receiver even if he's best player available? That's my fear: is that they think, well, we spent a one last year. They drafted Hightower and Quez Watkins last year. The year prior, they drafted J.J. Arcega-Whiteside with a two. And if you fall to six and the best guy there is a wide receiver, they go, nah. So so that's a, that's a really interesting point. And um, uh, we have no association with any other podcast. But I was listening to a podcast from Bleeding Green Nation. Uh, you know, good stuff over there. Uh, shout out to them. Uh, but one of the most interesting points I've heard is uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, yes, they have tried to address wide receiver the last two years with a one and a two, a late one, and a, you know, it's a second rounder, so so not an early, not a, not a late pick by any stretch of the imagination, but not a very early pick. I think the one thing that uh, we can all agree on here is that the Eagles, for whatever reason, don't have an eye for talent when it comes to wide receiver. So this is an opportunity where it's almost like a drafting wide receiver for dummy situation. We have... Four to five guys, if you want to throw in Bateman. But I love I, Bateman so much, just, man. Just a bully from what I've seen. But I, I look at Chase, I look at Waddle, I look at Smith, and I look at Pitts, who isn't a wide receiver, but we'll get into why I love this man so much. He's such a dynamic player. You have these, you know, almost, you know, nothing in the NFL draft is a sure thing. You've seen busts year over year. But when you're this high in the draft, when you have this kind of capital, a position that you really, really struggled to uh, address, whether it's in free agency or in drafting over the last couple of years, you have a chance to, to kind of hit a home run here. And I think the one thing that's going to make this episode, in my opinion, so fun for us outside of the 30 millilites we're going to drink is the idea that we're going to get to look at Smith, look at Waddle, look at Pitts, look at Chase. 
And if the Eagles draft any one of those four, I'm pretty happy. I think those are all, all of them have strengths. All of them have talent that make them very, very exciting players. So I think at that pick, the Eagles, while there's a fear that they may avoid picking wide receiver because they've addressed it so many times, I think one thing uh, that uh, our buddy Anthony had said when he didn't understand the difference between addressing a problem and fixing a problem, he said they haven't addressed it because they haven't gotten any good players well they have tried to address it they have made an attempt to fix the situation but the issue is they are swinging and missing in such a way that makes them look like uh charlie brown when he goes to kick the football yeah and if we see a better game plan that uses the talents of a guy like for instance jalen rager i think is a good example who was just not really used properly they didn't use his speed to open up the the intermediate passes of the field those quick shot passes um, right behind the linebacker where you kind of want to pull the safeties away. Instead, they were asking the, the offense to do something they weren't capable of. And I think that maybe the entire wide receiver core could have been more effective. And I think we'll really get our answer this coming year with Sirianni, who's had so much experience developing wide receivers and quarterbacks as to what we have. Um, mm-hmm. But I do think we're lacking like a true number one receiver. Yeah, you know? I, I, I agree with you. And And here's the one thing that I think – we should address the Eagles next year for all intents and purposes are not going to be a very good team. And no matter what you do about that next year, I'm going to be watching 16, 17 games. I'm going to be diehard interested in this Eagles team. And I think the Eagles organization, I know, I know they may not believe this themselves, but they owe it to the fans, in my opinion, to put a product out there with a developing team that still is worth watching. And I think that while Say it's six Penny Sewell's there. Penny Sewell's going to be probably a 10-year a guy at that offensive line. But the Eagles just sat through, or Eagles fans, rather, have just sat through probably one of the worst seasons I can remember in the last 10 years uh, as a fan, at least with the uh, crash and burn of the Chip Kelly era. It was like a car accident that you couldn't turn away from. It was almost excitingly how bad the explosion looked, whereas this was just like a slow boring death the the offense was just so anemic it was so uninteresting to watch that you you were almost tortured by watching these football games and and i think that they owe it to the fans to get some sort of excitement going i think that's why you know we're we're going to talk through the the bracket as a whole omissions as a whole i think we've leaned this into a perspective of making it the most interesting way to talk about it because we picked the most interesting players let us feel like we have hope, and I know that I, I, I keep going back to like the Penny Souls. Uh, that's such a boring pick, and it's just like I don't want to sit through a year of being excited about offensive tackle play. Jeff Stoutland was able to take uh, a ragtag guy, a group of guys last year. Mylotta has developed very well. Um, you have Lane Johnson, you have Brandon Brooks, and you know these guys are these guys are fun to watch and they're talented players. I think that while it may be a safe pick, and I, that's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid Howard Roseman's going to go safe to protect his job because he'll go, oh well, I just got a Pro Bowl tackle for ten years. That doesn't change the idea that you probably have one of the better offensive line coaches in the league, and you can address that later on in the draft and still go get some something that is going to. Put, for lack of a better term, put asses in the seats. You know, people want to see uh, Jamar Chase uh, doing the gritty in the end zone. People want to see uh, the slim reaper 
That's early. Ver- best early, nickname. Early he's going to win on the, in the swag, swag portion. Contest. He's guaranteed to win. <laughs> Swaggy, swagoo, or, or, you know, the waddle nader. That's a, that's a terrible, terrible nickname. Who says that? Uh, just like Chucky, everybody says the waddle nader. <laughs> uh, but, but like I said, I, I think that uh, the wide receiver position as a whole is something that I think the Eagles have struggled year over year to develop and to draft. And I think this is a year where you can go get a pass catcher and uh, address it and, and and give the fans some hope. Yeah, I totally agree about the Stalin thing. Um, the Eagles always tend to coach up offensive linemen really well. Got a lot of production out of Big V, who's no longer with us. I think that Isaac Sayamalu has been a pretty solid player. No, he... Vitae's, oh, he's in Detroit. He's, uh, he's, dead, he's dead to me. Vitae's not an Eagle He's anymore. dead to me. But they, they, got, they got a lot of, you know, pretty good play out of him. I think they got some pretty good play out of Sayamalu. My theory is that Sayamalu is probably the future of center. We'll see. He he's a better center than he is a guard. So we'll see how that develops. But I would be I'd be content, especially because this is a pretty deep draft along the offensive line. I'd be content with waiting. I, I really don't want to see them take Sewell six. I know he's I know he's a phenomenal talent. I just think we have a lot of things to do, and I think it's gonna we're gonna have an easier time developing fourth round guys into capable uh starters on the offensive line because of Jeff Stauer. Great. Yeah, no, I agree. I think what we'll do here is uh just to circle back to our, our tournament off the top of my head, I believe uh it's it's four matchups that we're gonna be talking to over the next two weeks. Uh today we're gonna be talking Smith Chase, Waddle Pitts. Next week we're gonna be talking uh about the secondary as a whole and then Sertain versus Farley and uh, Wilson versus Fields for the people who believe that the Eagles should be drafting a quarterback at six. The fools. <laughs> Why would you? <laughs> Those will be very quick conversations because, well, let's just face it. Everyone knows that I'm a Jalen Hurts truther, and I believe in the guy. So I don't. I think you got to give him a fair shake. That being said, I think in this conversation, uh, in a roundabout way, we did address something that we did want to talk about uh, before we get to a break. We did leave out Penny Sewell in our mock madness. And, and have, you know what? We also left out Micah Parsons. As well as uh, Trey Lance. Uh, I think we really explained why we don't want Sewell in this uh, mock madness, but I think we can circle back. Parsons, heck of a player. I've, I've seen him once live at, at a Pitt football game, and I was with uh, a family of, of Pitt fans, and they were piss drunk, and they hate Penn State. And when I tell you watching Micah Parsons – hound Kenny Pickett for four straight quarters. It was one of the most impressive things I've ever seen. And I couldn't even be excited about it uh, because I would look to my right and uh, Edward, Edward Maruka, shout out Maruka group uh, was hand in his face uh, inches from tears. Long story short, we left them out because we don't think that the Eagles are, are capable of, addressing linebacker that early in the draft. I don't think they see enough value in it. Yeah, I agree. I I, I agree. And then the third one that we left out uh, was uh, Trey Lance. And that's because uh, we have PTSD about North Dakota State University, as well as I don't think that... uh, He's also very raw. Yeah, raw. And I don't want to... Like, like we already have a a player that is a development player in Jalen Hurts. I don't think that the Eagles should go the route of Picking another development player. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Jalen Hurts is a development player? Well, he's the truth. Well, no, I mean, that's, that's I agree with you. Well, but, the, but I, since when do you believe that? But listen, here's the deal. Jalen Hurts, in my eyes, is going to light up the link next year. But 
the consensus opinion of when he was drafted at two is that he was a project player. Now, in my opinion, it's like Project X. That movie, remember Project X? It's a fucking all-night rager party with Miles Teller. I think he's in that movie. You know, remember Project X? Great movie. Is that is uh? It's the big like house party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. that's what it's going to be like I know watching. What you're about. I never saw it. That's but what I know what you're talking about. Is there any way that we can maybe get the nickname Project X for uh, Jalen Hurts? I no. think we can get that to stick. No way. Yes, he's a different breed, Project X. We already have we movie. already have a weapon X, Dawkins. We can't you can't just steal Dawkins' nickname. Well, no, no, this one's Project X because it's a party. It's too close. Okay, all right. It's well, too close. <laughs> and now we're gonna go to a, an ad break, and when we get back, we're gonna we're gonna start on our Smith Chase conversation, and then uh, maybe do a little Waddle Pits as well. And we're back. Before we get into the matchups here, I think our, uh, we should touch on our grading system, our, our flawless clear, uh, grading system. So do you want to run us through the four categories or five categories that we, we talk through here? Yeah, so we're looking for, we're looking for four main things here. Um, number one is the athleticism. We're just going to go through the measurables, what we like, what we don't like, how we think they'll be used, um, their individual technique, what they're good at, what they do very well, their fit. In the Eagles offense specifically, I think that for me, especially talking about guys that are going to be taking sixth overall, mm -hmm. that for me is the biggest thing. And then, of course, no uh, Philly Specials podcast would be complete without talking about the level of swag that they bring to the game. Mm. Um, I don't want no wet noodles on my team. Yeah, you don't want no uh, former fireman as your as your sixth overall no. pick. You no, need you need somebody not. cool. Give me Jalen Mills' personality in any of these guys' bodies. Yeah. Give I want to see that A-grade finger wag. Yeah, I want someone who, if I looked at him, I'd go, wow, that guy would never hang out with me. Like, I want to be sure that this guy is – I'm in a lower social tier than these people. Well, yeah, they're they're going to be in the NFL. Well – So that's, that's all I I think that we can all agree, you know, talent-wise – I could have been something, but I focused on, you know, different things, and, and that's fine. What things? You know, things, different things, yeah. you know, different stuff that, you know, uh, people of my stature, are like, but like the when you think Kyle Pitts, who's the first name that comes to your head? Don, Don Salvato. Salvato. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Same true. body build. That's true. You could, you could literally see me as like, if I any think of you're these, a little taller. Yeah, well, definitely, I, I think my 40 time is a lot better. I can definitely drink a 40 faster than him. Uh, so if any of these guys uh, would like to, you know, protect their bodies during COVID and they need a body double to come up and, and, and be selected for them, I'm here. You can you can give me a call. Kyle Pitts, if you're if you're sixth overall with the Eagles, I can come out, you dress me up, we'll go out, and no one will ever even know. So so swag is the fifth one. So that's uh, fourth. Yeah, sure. There's only four. And then the fan vote. Yes. Did okay. So also we did a, a viewer vote this week on our on our Instagram, um, which, by the way, if you're listening to this and you're not you're not following us on Instagram and Twitter, you got to get on that, man. Get on the Instagram. Make sure you touch that bell. You get some notifications when we when we post. We post all the new stuff. Um, we're always looking for some input, um, usually posting questions once a week. Mm -hmm. We want to hear you guys. We want to we want to talk to you. So beautifully curated, by the way. Yeah, I I, uh, I work very hard on that. 
It looks it looks wonderful. Yeah, very aesthetic. Yes. So I think we can we can jump right in here and, and talk a little Waddle Pits. I think we are on the same page with this one, so I'd like to open with this one. And then I think we may be on different sides of the uh, conversation with Smith Chase. So, yeah, you're probably right. So um, yeah, I mean, I, I did a I did a a quick Jalen Waddle breakdown. Mm-hmm. Um, I spent a lot more time on Smith, to be totally honest with you, but. But going through the pros and cons of Jalen Waddle, let's go through the measurables first. When we talk about the athleticism, he's relatively short at 5'10", but he is stupid quick. Um, his comp that a lot of people give him is Tyree Kill. Uh, the best 40 time that I could find for him was 4.37. Uh, that's the one that's floating around. Now, he is doing an Alabama Pro Day relatively soon, and they think he's going to run faster than that. His speed is... There's nothing to question. You watch the guy play, he is stupid fast, and that's how he wins a lot of the time. Um, one thing that's interesting is he's only 182 pounds, and we're going to talk later about, about Devontae Smith, and we're going to talk about Devontae Smith and, and his frame and how people challenge his size at 175. He's only seven pounds heavier. Now, he's a little smaller. His frame's a little different. He's built different, but but he's only 182 pounds. He's relatively light. He's got fantastic speed, like we said. And that's how he wins. He uses his speed to create separation. It makes him a great vertical threat. He's great with the ball in his hands, great with yards after catch. Um, he's very fast getting off the line. His first step is quick. And, bef- you know, he's, he's got great acceleration. And one thing that I, I think he does very, very well is he uses leverage against the DB. He's good at stacking the DB, using his body to box a guy out. Even though he's relatively small, he's very good at creating leverage against the DB. But there are things about him that I don't necessarily love. He's a little raw. He's not a fantastic route runner. He's he's good. Don't get me wrong. He's, I mean, listen, we're talking about him at six overall. Despite having a better suited frame than Smith, he's also shown a little bit of a durability issue. Now, I think people overblow that a little bit. Um, he played 13 games, I think, in 2019, 15 games in 2018. He's got plenty of time. But people are, are concerned with his injury. He had an ankle injury last year. Um, I think he only played five games. The fear is if he doesn't clean up the route running and the hands issue, because he had a drop rate of 5.3%, um, if he doesn't clean up those issues, he could get shoehorned into kind of like a gadget player. You know, people, like I said, people talk about Tyree Kill as a comp, but people said the same thing about like John Ross. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of guys that get a Tyree Kill comp. I mean, just just from skill set, and I'm not saying Jalen Rager is Tyree Kill, but just from a skill set, that's a similar comp too. You know, it's just it's a ton of speed. Now, Hill's obviously better than Jalen Rager right now. There's no question about that. But a lot of small, very fast guys that rely on their speed get put into that same conversation. So that that's the that's the interesting thing about to me about Waddle is he. I think going into this year, while Smith has gotten the hype, obviously, has won the Heisman. Uh, a lot of people, in my opinion, thought Waddle was going to be like that dude. I think that he was thought of as the one. And when you had both of these receivers, Alabama was a very dangerous team uh, with the injury. Uh, incredible toughness for him to come back from that injury early and play in the uh, national State. championship. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Ohio State game national championship. So I'll give him kudos, give him give him a, a high swag rating. Also, punt returner, that's big swag points in my opinion. Punt returners are always uh, the most entertaining of, of swaggy players. Deshaun Jackson, one of the swaggiest players 
in the history of Philadelphia Eagles sports. Uh, Who is the swaggiest player in history? Oh, swaggiest player in the history of sports, if you had the name one. In the history of sports, uh, uh, Deion Sanders. No, 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 Philadelphia Eagles. Philadelphia Eagles, swaggiest player. But you're right, though, Dion. Dion was Dion. I'm trying to think of a player in that in that mold. Terrell Owens for a hot minute. Uh, James Thrash. Stop it. I'm T.O. Too. though. T.O. was pretty swaggy when he was here, but he was only here for you know that that one and a half years. So if I had to pick one swaggiest player, let me go with Chase Daniel for that year that he was uh, the backup quarterback. There was a lot of swag. A lot of people overlooked the swag, but he's he's my swag. Swag overall first pick. All right, we're gonna move on. <laughs> that wasn't nearly as entertaining as I had hoped it would be. No, no. I you know what? I, the problem is you football. picked Chase Daniel. Yeah, swag, swag, Mister Swag. Some some people called him that back in the day. Yeah, I remember you calling him that. Sam Bradford, swaggy dude, eyes close together. <laughs> So close together. We've gone, we've gone off the rails. Yeah, we're all right. <laughs> getting back to Jalen Waddle, um, some interesting things. I think you talked about that that 2020 season when he only played five games and how he may have been the guy there. I actually was looking at his 2020 stats earlier today. He played five games, right? Through those five games, he had 28 receptions, 591 yards, and four touchdowns. If you extrapolate that out to a 13 game season, that's 72 receptions, 1534 yards. Average of 21.1 yards per catch and 10 and a half touchdowns. We'll call it 11 touchdowns on the year. Now, that's just receiving. I didn't do punt returns or rushing or anything like that. He may have had a little bit better stats there. So he would have been a great player. I mean, he would have had phenomenal stats. Um, that team had no shortage of offense. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he probably would have put those numbers up. I think he will make a lot of teams better. Um if he's used properly and if he's coached up just a little bit, I think he'll be a very good player. I think he's shown a lot of toughness. And for me, that that's swag. Toughness goes under the swag category for sure. He limped on that Ohio State game in the national championship, and he played through what wasn't supposed to be a season-ending ankle injury. My biggest problem with him, beside not having great hands and not being a great route runner, is fit. Uh, we talked a lot earlier about the Eagles' investment in wide receiver, but it's not just the investment in wide receiver. It's investment in speedy wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Hightower, Rager, Watkins, Marquise Goodwin, who's probably coming back this year. They have spent a lot on that mold, and I don't think you can build an entire wide receiving core off of just that. So I don't know where he fits in. I don't want to see a logjam of a very specific role, and I don't know if he's got the size or the technique necessarily to be quote-unquote X. I I just think we've got that on this team already. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. I think that's probably what causes him the most – Spoiler alert, I think that we're probably going to end up going with Pitts here. And I think the main reason for that is Pitts seems to fit a mold that the Eagles are looking for. And, and I think we can move right into Pitts with this. Is is That is the biggest factor for me uh, to go Pitts over Waddle uh, is because Waddle, while he has this great skill set, while he might be this next Tyreek Hill, You've already addressed that last year with a lot of speed draft picks with your wide receivers. And I think what the Eagles are are certainly hurting for is a guy that third and six, third and seven, you know, uh, we got a guy 
who's just going to out-muscle you, high-point the ball, uh, you know, uh, out-technique you, shake you out of your shoes, and, you know, you know he's going seven yards, and you can't stop it anyway. And that's that's what I see when I watch Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts is by far the most entertaining of all the players I've gotten to watch doing this. Uh, first off, you know, circling back to swag, uh, Florida Gator, uh, wears that cool blue uniform with the with the orange uh, d- double arm flex. And one time I was watching this clip. Uh, he was out last year for, I believe, two games, maybe three, with a concussion. And if you watch the concussion-causing play, uh, pretty clearly this safety is attempting to take his head off. Uh, he hits Kyle Pitts at like 90 miles an hour and stops dead in his tracks and I think shits his pants and is unconscious. Kyle Pitts also got concussed, but I think he killed the other guy. I think he's dead. Like I don't I don't think he's playing anymore. Like it was it was probably one of the most impressive things I've ever seen someone get hurt on. So Kyle Pitts to me uh fits the mold of a player, playmaker to a point where I love watching the Travis Kelsey's work. I love watching Darren Waller. Love watching Darren Waller work. Love watching uh, Travis Kelsey's of the world, the George Kittles. These are guys that every single play, you're, you're, you're a mismatch, and there's nothing you can really do about it. You want to put a corner on there, then uh, you, you have an extra corner on the field because you're lining up against a tight end. Or you put a, you put a linebacker on there, he's going to dust you. He's going to make you look like an idiot. So that's, that's kind of the type of player that I would want at six, that I think is like this great game-breaking player. And – the fit to me is you're probably going to see Zach Ertz walk out the door uh, via trade or, or or cutting him to save some money. And I think – It's like a foregone conclusion at this mm-hmm. point. And I, I love Goddard. Uh, I think Goddard's a heck of a player. But I think the NFL is moving in a direction, and I think Philadelphia as a whole, I think the Howie Roseman, uh, Jeffrey Lurie, while, while they don't make those ultimate decisions, uh, I think they have a – of uh, an affinity for 12 personnel. So I think you want to have a second tight end out there that is going to be someone that you put out there every single play and you don't feel like you're giving yourself, uh, putting yourself in a bad situation. Like when you had uh, Dallas Goddard healthy and Zach Ertz was hurt and you had to run 12 personnel with Richard Rodgers. Richard Rodgers is a fine tight end, but are you really maximizing the 11 men you have out on the field when you have Richard Rodgers and Dallas Goddard out there? So that's that's kind of where I'm coming from. I would love to have another – what I keep calling and thinking he's going to be is like a game-breaking tight end. He's getting Travis Kelsey comps, and then if he decides that he wanted to move over to wide receiver, people are saying that he looks like Calvin Johnson, the way he makes muscle moves on people, just outpowers them to the ball. And that, to me, is enough to sell me on the idea of Kyle Pitts. The, the one detriment for him isn't actually him as a player. It's the idea of picking a tight end at six. That just doesn't feel right. Yes. And that feels like such a Eagles, like, got too cute move. Yeah. You know, a year from now, if that doesn't work, like, if you're at six and you're going to pick one of Chase or Smith, whichever one's there, let's say, or Pitts, and you pick Chase or Smith and it doesn't work out, the defense of that is like, listen, we picked the best guy there, you know? If you pick Pitts and it doesn't work out, a year from now, people are just tearing you up. Mm-hmm. Look, look what they did. This is the Eagles. 
outsmarting themselves like they always do, had to be the smartest guy in the room, going to get a conversion, going to change a tight end into a wide receiver, and that's going to be the guy. Meanwhile, the best wide receiver on the board was there, and they ignored it, and they were filling a pass-catching role. Yeah. What sense does that – like, to me, that that's my biggest detriment is we need a true wide receiver. Last year we had Ertz and Goddard, and that wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I – if you're, it's one of those ones where it's like you're putting a hundred dollars on a uh, singular bet at a roulette table. You have one number that can come out. It's a high risk play. If it works I, out, you're gonna. Speaking l- of that, I put twenty five dollars on uh, Megan Anderson last night to beat Amanda Nunez, which I knew would never happen. But she was like plus six fifty or something, so I, I had to. It was the worst twenty five hours I ever spent because I knew I was going to just lose it. Yeah, that was that was a depressing fight to watch if you were rooting not for Amanda Nunez. Amanda Nunez is the scariest woman, maybe ever. Yeah, I think that if Amanda Nunez ever decided that she just wanted to beat the shit out of me, nothing like, there's nothing do. I can do about there's it. I just, I just have to sit it. here and go. I hope this isn't a long ass whipping. And like I, I would have to treat it like a bear has broken into my home. And she just could like dead. kill you by accident. Yeah, yeah. I would. Just... I mean, most most of them could. Yeah, pretty much all. Of them. But still, mm-hmm. I don't think like four of me could beat Amanda Nunez. Yeah, no. But but like the question is like, like would you would you kind of like it? No, no. All right. Well, you know, when when she punches me as hard as she can, maybe there's a spark. A spark. A spark. Like, she punches me, and the way I take the punch, it's like, wow, what a, what a handsome face I just destroyed. And then, you know, we fall in love, and I get to wear the title belt every night to bed. You, I mean, you, you are a sick kid. <laughs> yeah. So so I think I think we can wrap this up by saying uh, the fan vote uh, was, was, uh, was to Pitts. I think fit. Just barely, though. Just, just barely. I, I mean, think, edged him out. I think, and that's probably based on the idea, like, you know, both of these players have uh, red flags that we have addressed. But if I'm rolling through this, I think athleticism-wise, technique-wise, there's probably a wash, probably two very good players. Uh, Fit-wise, I think it leans a little pits. Fan vote leans a little pit. Pits, I I think, swag-wise, from what I can tell, uh, Waddle, I haven't seen much in terms of like him doing anything particularly swaggy. It's the toughness, bro. Yeah, toughness is coming big. coming into that Ohio State game. Mm-hmm. And just as a decoy, but still catching like three passes. That's impressive. I, I I have it right now. I have fit as a tie, athleticism and technique to Pitts, swag to Waddle. Okay, so that would be, and then Fanvo went Pitts. So, so we're gonna we're gonna officially go forward with with Kyle Pitts as our as our selection in this uh, tournament leg match. Agreed. Pitts moves forward. Pitts moves forward. I think uh, right now we really appreciate you guys uh, listening to a second ad. You know, if if we're we, not doing a second ad, well, well, we we, we got to break this into a different segment. No, we don't. Okay, so then let's let's just roll <laughs> let's just roll straight into Smith versus. Uh, Jamar Chase. Uh, this one is like Jordan versus LeBron in the terms of this whole tournament. I think uh, these are easily – this is my favorite player in in uh, Chase, and I think Eric's favorite player is Smith. So we're, we might not see eye to eye on this one. I think what we can do here is uh, start with 
uh, fan vote, which went to Smith, correct? Again, very close, but very yes. close. So uh, a slight win there for Smith. And then I think what we can talk about in terms of fit and uh, technique, I think we can kind of group those together. I'll let you start and then I will take your argument and destroy it. And then you'll tell me that Chase is the correct uh, choice. If you say so. <laughs> okay. Let me take you back. Before I go through the pros and the cons and the notes and the accolades that he's won, I want to take you back to 2019. In 2019, there were three guys fielded for Alabama that everybody was looking at. Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, and of course, Devontae Smith. They were your number one, two, and three receiver. Jerry Judy was pretty widely considered to be the best wide receiver coming out of that draft class. Henry Ruggs and CeeDee Lamb, who was not in Alabama, obviously, were the two and the three, respectively. After the year, Ruggs is drafted 12th overall to the Raiders. Jerry Judy goes 15th overall to the Broncos. They were the two first wide receivers taken off the board. Let me tell you something. Jerry Judy, who was widely considered to be the best player, had 77 receptions for 10 touchdowns and 1,163 yards. Henry Ruggs had 40 receptions, 7 touchdowns, 746 yards. Respectable, very good, great even, good enough to be picked in the top 15. Devontae Smith, who was the third option, had 68 receptions, had 14 touchdowns, and 1,256 yards. He was better than both of them that year in everything other than receptions. He had a little bit less than, than Jerry Judy. He had 28 more than Henry Ruggs. Now, you may think, oh, well, when you have Judy and Ruggs pulling coverage, well, of course, of course you're going to get looked at a lot. So in 2020, when he wins the Heisman, who's he have? Five games worth of Jalen Waddle, really four games worth of Jalen Waddle, and then a little bit of a national championship game. He has 117 receptions, 1,856 yards, 23 touchdowns. He was the first wide receiver to win a Heisman since 1991. He's the all-time leader in yards and touchdowns for Alabama. A year off, a year off of two receivers being drafted in the top 15. In the Ohio State championship game, he had to leave at the half because of a an ugly finger injury, not something anybody should be concerned with for the future. It's a finger injury, right? His stat line at the half was 12 for 215 and three touchdowns. He is an assassin. A ninja. He's a technique assassin. You're going to talk about Jamar Chase, and he's a great player, but he's a hammer. That's what Jamar Chase is. That's what he does. Devontae Smith is a scalpel. He is a technical marvel. He's got a career drop rate of 2.9%. The next best guy is Jalen Waddle with 5.3. Jamar Chase, 5.7. Almost double the drop rate. Let's go through just some quick pros and cons. Because he's not without he's not without issue, right? The pros I have written down here real quick. Great technique in all phases of play. He's got great route running. He's got a fantastic release at the line. In fact, he's got a bunch of different tools that he uses at the line of scrimmage 
to get off the ball. He has to because of his frame. Um, he is great at high-pointing the ball. He's great at tracking the ball in the air, which is something that we don't talk about enough until you see a guy like Deshaun Jackson who can track the ball in the air amazingly as he glides down the field and be in a great position to make to make a play on a ball. He's got fantastic hands. Like I said, he had a 2.9% drop rate, which was the best out of the group that we're talking about here. He's got a longer catch radius than you would think. He's got great football IQ. He's a smart kid. He had a 4.0 GPA. You can watch him making adjustments on the fly, finding vulnerabilities in coverage, getting into space, creating opportunities for his quarterback. And speaking of space, when he gets the ball in his hands, he's phenomenal. When you watch him run with the ball in his hands, he's always got his head upfield. He's always looking for running lanes. He's always making moves. And one thing that people are going to talk about a lot is his size, but despite his size, he hasn't had an issue with durability. Outside of the finger injury, he's played 13 games in each of the last three seasons. Now, it's not to say that there's not any cons, and pretty much all these cons are going to come from the same thing. Everybody knows what I'm going to say. He's got a small frame. He's 6'1", 175, and he may even be a little smaller than that. He declined the weigh-in at the Senior Bowl, which people have people kind of going off the rails assuming he's like 150 pounds or something. And despite having a complete arsenal of tools to work with to get off the line, if a corner can get their hands on him, they can take him out of the play. He can be bullied at the line of scrimmage because of his size. Um, you can also expect him to be a below-average blocker. And the biggest knock on him for me is he may have issues moving around at different slots in a wide receiver spectrum, mm -hmm. right? He, if, if you think, you know, okay, we need an X wide receiver. We need a prototypical one. We need a guy who can be up on the line of scrimmage, nose-to-nose -nose with a corner, use physicality to beat him, and then still have the speed to get off the ball and, and, and go get open. He's not going to – I don't think he's going to be great if you line him up on the line of scrimmage a lot. He's really kind of got to play in that Z slot. Or, I mean, I guess you can play in a slot too, but he's got to kind of play in that Z slot because a lot of what he does is – to beat you at the line of scrimmage with that little bit of cushion, that little bit of space. He's got a lot of different releases that he uses um, to avoid hands at the line of scrimmage. So you may need to slot him in there. There are concerns about his durability based on his frame, but they're all theoretical. I don't think they're really fair. And I, I think that if I had to put a comp on it, I watch him play, and I haven't heard anybody else say this. Maybe I'm like off base, I see like a little mini Devontae Adams. Look at the technical route running, the ability to get open, the ability to to find space and zone coverage. Uh, he also can win 50-50 balls. I mean, he's not especially tall. He's not insanely strong, but he's got fantastic hands. He's got very strong hands. He can win 50-50 balls. I think, I think the pros for this guy – so far outweigh the cons because so many of the cons are theoretical. So many of the cons are, well, with his frame, maybe he won't be able to do this. Well, maybe he won't be a great blocker. Well, maybe, maybe you know, he'll have trouble with press coverage. I, I think this dude is the man. I mean, I, I don't know how you could pass up on him if he's there at six. He was used last year in a limited capacity as a returner, and you told me that's swag city, baby. Um, but he averaged 22 yards per return. Now I have my doubts that the Eagles are looking at him 
for punt return duties, but it speaks to his toughness. It speaks to his durability. It showcases his ability with the ball in space. I think that if they were really afraid of his durability, I don't think he would have been in as a punt returner. He also played gunner mm-hmm. on, on the punts. punts. So, again, they, there's no concern with this kid's durability. I mean, he plays all over the field. He's got the coolest nickname in college football, the Slim Reaper. Automatic dub on the swag conversation. I don't even know. I don't even think we have to talk about it anymore. Um, well, I, I do have a, I do have a counter argument for that, but we'll, we'll get to it. Real quick, I want to run you through some wide receivers that are less than 190 pounds because I know you're going to harp on the size. A.B. was 185 pounds. Mm-hmm. T.Y. Hilton, 183. Deshaun Jackson, 175, had a long career. Robbie Anderson is just barely 190, but look at the frame. Tavon Austin, 176. Tyreek Hill, 185. Will Fuller is 180. Tyler Lockett's 183 pounds. These are not huge guys. They find ways to be effective. They get schemed into being effective. He has a skill set that I don't think the Eagles can ignore. I don't think they can turn away from a guy that's that technically good because I think we've been begging for someone that we can say, beat your man and this is a guy that has that ability all very good points all very good uh analysis wonderful homework this week uh clearly while i was celebrating drinking a million beers you were you were doing the homework but i'll give it to you this guy is is going to be a great player i i do believe in it and just because he is going to be a great player does not mean that he is the best player in this draft for the Eagles select this weekend, uh, you know, going to share a, a personal story uh, between me and Jamar Chase. A, a moment we would say that we shared this weekend was a tough one for me. Uh, Naomi was not around, uh, and man's got needs. Uh, man's got needs. And what happened was I uh, I went on I went on a Pornhub. I was I was getting getting it in. No shame in that. Yeah, and and you know uh, this does tie to uh, to to Jamar Chase. This Very is curious a, to find out how. Yeah, this is a um, this is a, a personal story between me and Jamar Chase. It starts with you on Pornhub. Yeah, yeah. Well, I call you. You probably know him as Jamar Chase. Him and I, Jamar. He he calls me me D sometimes. Anyway, so I'm on Pornhub. And I'm looking at the categories. You know, everybody's got to find what they want. And, you know, the categories are uh, blonde, brunette, this, that, and the other thing. One thing I never really had focused on before is, is feet. It's like, a, it's like a fetish, I suppose. I, I'm i not very familiar with the idea of it. Uh, but yeah, I've heard of it. <laughs> I've yeah, heard of so, so maybe there's people who, who like feet, you know. You know, hey, you like what you like. You like what you like. I'm the type of person. Uh, I'll try anything once. So, you know, I clicked I clicked the category. And let me tell you what I saw. The whole page was just videos of Jamar Chase's route running. This man's footwork is next level elite. I'm telling you, those videos, well, first off, finished easily. His footwork. <laughs> Yo, shut off, dude. His footwork is some of the best footwork I've ever seen in in college football history. You know, he did sit out the 2020 year, so we you know, I think one thing that hurts him is he's not the he's not the fresh new toy 
on on the block. He's not the most exciting man uh, that you've ever seen because it's been a year. But let me remind you of what exactly that team was uh, for LSU. This man, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and 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 pull it up for you. This man put up 1,800 yards, just about. He was putting up 21 yards per reception. He had 20 TDs and 84 touchdowns, uh, 84 receptions. This is comparable to Devonta Smith. Devonta Smith put up those numbers with Jalen Waddle only playing four games. And he had Mac Jones throwing him the ball, Joe Barrow, two, two very talented quarterbacks, no doubt. I would make an argument that Devonta Smith probably doesn't win the Heisman if Jalen Waddle doesn't get hurt because they cannibalize each other's bo- uh, uh, votes. That being said, Devonta Smith, when he was the guy, he put up that uh, you know crazy stat line of like 1,800 yards. Well, I'm looking at Jamar, uh, Jamar Chase, and he put up similar stat lines with Justin Jefferson, uh, Randy Moss's son, and uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. You know, a, a, an absolute monster. Clyde's a running back. That's not, that's not fair. You, no, but he's a pass catching back. He's a talented receiver. And the, and the point of it is, this offense was next level good. It was like one of the best offenses. Like they were boat racing teams every time. And you know, all the great things that you can say about Smith, you can say the same things about what uh, Jamar Chase was doing uh, week in and week out last year. The problem is, he's just not. He just didn't play this year, so we don't we don't have the same regard. But if he would have played this year, he would have been just as good. Probably would have taken a dip because he lost all of his talent. But this was the alpha. This was the one to Justin Jefferson's two. And we all saw how good Justin Jefferson is. So I believe, as you can see, with the, with his his ridiculous footwork, his ability to high point the ball, the ability to wait to the very last minute to have that ball drop right into the bucket. He made Joe Barrow's Heisman season look even better than it probably was because of how talented he was week in and week out. Uh, I, I believe in the uh, national championship game, you know, similar to Smith, 220 yards and two touchdowns. This is this is a freak of nature. Now, the reason I want Jamar Chase versus Smith. I think we've a, you know you've done a great job to explain why Smith is you know the slim reaper uh, uh, that dude. Smith is does have that build issue. Now, I, I I love a scalpel versus a hammer. You know, I love that analogy because, you know, I already have a scalpel in my drawer upstairs with Jalen Rager. I have my scalpel ready. You know, is, is he a scalpel though? I, I believe he is. I think. I think. You, you know, think that Jalen Rager and Devontae Smith are the same player? You think no, they fill the same role? No, I don't think they fill the same role. I, I I don't see that. What I what I see with it is, is they're similar enough that it it it, it borders on redundancy of if if you grab both and and you made a great comp when you said that you saw uh, Devontae Adams uh, in uh, Smith, but what I've seen is, you know, on on different websites, I've seen Devontae Adams comps for Jamar Chase. I've seen Amari Cooper, better versions of Amari Cooper comps for Jamar Chase. I think Jamar Chase in that hammer, I think you need, like, that's why that's why I lean so hard in the pits, is I think the Eagles need a guy, like when you said, go win. I think that you can have a guy who's going to run a seven-yard 
skinny post right in, throw the ball to him, know it's going to get in his hands, know he's going to catch the ball, know you're going to get that first down. I think they the Eagles are in desperate need of that. And as much as Smith is probably a much better version of Jalen Rager, you can use Jalen Rager in such a way that will you still have that that speed aspect that 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 aspect of Jalen Rager is going to give you as a two, like that you drafted him in hopes of him being like a one. Now you get to have him as a two, and you have Jamar Chase coming out there. Uh, and Smith Smith's not a speed demon though. He's Smith, Smith doesn't fill the same. I'm telling you, he doesn't fill the same role. That Waddle to Rager is a much well, closer yeah, and, that, and that's probably what 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 is why uh, uh, you know we ended up going you know, against the Waddle idea. But my, my, my issue with, with Smith is the smaller aspect of him. I think the Eagles, you know, the connection that Carson Wentz had with his tight ends is, 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 uh, cannot be understated of how, how comfortable he was using those guys in the red zone. We don't really know what uh, Jalen Hurts is going to do down there, but he's going to run. Yeah, probably. Let me just, I'll just clue you in now. He's going to be, the beast of the East. Oh, I cannot wait to be right on this thing. I cannot wait. But he throws, you know, you know, I, I look at Jamar Chase and I just see a guy who could be next level good. And, you know, and, and I, I guess we all fall in love with these people in different, for different reasons. And, and, and I kind of want that uh, like big boy bully ball. Like I'm stronger than you. I'm going to, I'm going to, beat you in every way possible and you know maybe it's not a scalpel but i i i think that philadelphia is kind of hungry for an idea of like i think we're the type of people that would you know in a fight hit you with a hammer before we hit you with a like you know think about it like this uh when when you are uh talking to an old head what do they always say that they're gonna do i'm gonna i'm gonna bat you to fuck up i'm gonna i'm gonna hit you with a baseball bat that's what I want the Eagles to it's, be. Yeah, it's like the bully mentality. Yeah, yeah. I like the idea of that guy. I like the idea of having that kind of player. I get it, but I, you know what I think? The crux of what the better decision is lies on a guy that we haven't even said his name, and it's Travis Fulgham. Mm-hmm. Because if Travis Fulgham at 216 pounds, 6'2", whatever he is, if he can fill that role of the X that's going to win with physicality, that opens up. The, the opportunity for Sirianni and Slyton to come in and say, okay, cool, we can use a guy like Smith while Jalen Rager gets into the slot and uses his speed. We, we can use a guy like Smith on the outside with Fulgham on the other side of the ball. Whereas if Fulgham is not the guy to, to play at that slot, then you have to find somebody to play in Travis Fulgham's slot. And it would be, it would be easier to have Jalen Rager play outside on the other side. Mm-hmm. So, so that's 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 a good point. Another thing I do want to bring up on on why I prefer Chase uh, is personally, I look at it as a risk profile. Yes, there there may be an, an argument to be made that the ceiling of of Smith could be higher if it's if his ceiling is Devonte Adams and say that Jamar Chase's ceiling is is slightly worse version of uh, Devonte Adams. When you look at Waddle, when you look at Chase, when you look at Pitts, and you look at well, so bring it in, bring it in Waddle. I won't bring in Pitts because that'll be a conversation for another day. But let's look at the three wide receivers. What one do you feel safest with? What like 
you're you're making a pick here and you're you're the Eagles, you're coming up at six and all three are on the board. I know that you believe in the upside of Smith, but do you really believe that you can pass up on a guy like uh Jamar Chase who has now taken off this year of football, lost the year of reps, but you could also make the argument that he's taken uh, a whole season's less worth of snaps than Smith. Do you believe that there's any, uh, do you, I guess what I'm saying is, do you feel any type of way about the idea of the risk that comes inherently when you go with a guy like Waddle, who, who recently broke his ankle, uh, or Smith, who has a smaller frame? Maybe, maybe they are the guys you think they are, but do you believe that their bodies can hold up to the NFL level versus uh, Smith or versus Chase, who is clearly a, a, a thicker dude in general. Like, I, I just feel like all three have the uh, potential to be next level all star uh, players, but there's only one of them that I feel safest picking at six. Uh, I feel absolutely safe picking Smith at six. Okay. I but... think that the way he wins. You know what I mean? Like, the way Chase wins is that he bodies guys. He mm-hmm. uses hand fighting. He squares up his shoulders. He boxes guys out. And that's that's all great. That's all well and good. That's that's awesome. Um, but at the NFL level, I think he's going to see a little bit more physicality coming out of corners, cornerbacks that are more well-developed. Now, I don't think that means Jamar Chase is not going to be a good player. I think he's going to be a very good player. He's a great prospect. My my Smith love has nothing to do with Jamar Chase. But the way Smith wins is different. We talked about the hammer versus the scalpel. Smith is a fantastic route runner. He has an arsenal of tools to get open. He has great burst, great acceleration uh, in his routes. He's like twitchy in and out of his cuts. I think that everything that Chase brings, minus a little bit of size, he can do. And so I feel I don't feel un I, I see what you're saying. I mean, Chase brings a different kind of game than Smith. They're different players. But as far as like, do I am I like concerned that Smith won't be effective or or will have like an injury problem? I mean, I don't know. I I, I doubt it. Anybody, it could happen yeah. to anybody. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's, it's a, you don't you're not drafting a guy. Well, you are drafting taking into the the risks that in, inherently come with the player that you're drafting, whether that's an injury history or or a body type. But I, I do see what you're saying. You're not going to draft or not draft a guy based off of their like quote unquote frame. I think that the Eagles are in a situation that makes us excited because I think that no matter what happens, uh. April 29th, I think there's a reason to be excited unless they go quarterback. Uh, I'll be sick to my stomach. But And even then, probably a week later, you talk to me, I'm going to be very excited again because I'll, I'll talk myself into anything. You know, I'm not a, I'm not a, uh, I'm not a hard person to get in love with on things when it comes to the Philadelphia Eagles. I'll talk myself into just about anything. So, you know, that being said, I, I think I will give you swag. You've already got the fan vote, so I'm fighting an uphill battle. I would give myself fit, and and just based on the idea that I think that uh, the Eagles have, not that they have similar players to Smith, but they don't have anyone like Chase. There's uh, and and I think that's what what makes me lean that he fits a little better. That's but, fair. No, I, I think I think there's a chance that Smith. If you can't figure out how to use them right, his mm. ceiling gets lowered. Right, and so I'll give you—I'll certainly give you fit for Chase. Mm-hmm. We certainly need that 
that type unless yeah. uh, you know unless Syria unless Fulgham can be the guy. So there's a big if attached to it. But I think Smith on swag and technique. Yeah, Tech, uh, technique. I think they're both really. This is one of the harder ones because it's like it's like I'm I'm taking you to Capital Grill or I'm taking you to like. Uh, prime rib, like I'm getting you a filet mignon at both places. You're gonna really like both. You had prime rib yet? I haven't gone to the new prime rib, but I, I plan on going. The, the one at Xfinity. Yeah, I, th- I I've heard good things. My my Me uncle too. went, and I, you know, a little expensive, but guess what? You know you're going to a steakhouse. I heard the, the Japanese place in there's fucking awesome. Time. I both. I would love to go to like Han Dynasty again. Now unrelated. I just I love food. I love yeah. Just no, I hear that anything, but. Prime Rib would recommend. Is that a new sponsor? Are we are we sponsored by the Prime Rib? Uh, I don't think so, but we could ask. You, you know think, who else? Alpen Rose. Alpen Rose. I love Alpen I love Rose. Alpen, Alpen Rose is, is, in my opinion, the best steakhouse in the city, and the reason for that is it's not a chain. It's a true, like, they made this. It's one of one. You're, you're, you're at Alpen Rose. You're at the only place that looks like this. The, uh, the, the ambiance of Alpen Yeah, the, the mood setting. Whew. Listen, fellas. Take your girl to Alpen Rose. No, no, no. Take like six of your boys to Alpen Rose. Do both. Do Get like do two one Saturday, one Sunday. But just just be prepared for the the worst poops. Drink whiskey life. only. Yeah, just grow mustaches in the next twenty minutes during dinner. Like they they make you grow mustaches so that you can enjoy the steak properly. Yeah, I, I just say you just things. say anything yeah. anything that comes in your head. So. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the fans. I'm gonna let Smith move on to the next round. So I think next week we're gonna talk Sertain Farley, Wilson Fields, and then two weeks from then we're gonna be talking about Smith versus Fields or Wilson, and then Sertain and Farley versus Pitts. One- yeah, yeah. I think I think it's it's very close. I, I, oh yeah. I love Jamar Chase too, and if they pick him at six. I'm not going to be upset. No. But I, think, I, I have it fit for Chase. Athleticism, I'm going to edge out for Chase. Uh, even though he's a little a little bit slower, um, he is, he's stronger and, and, and he's, he's fast enough. He's plenty fast. Um, and I have technique and swag for, for Smith. And then we got Smith plus one for viewer vote. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, it looks like Smith's going to move Smith, on. Smith, I'm, I'm a little sick about the idea that just because the, the Slim Reaper thing, really, I, I can't do nothing about that. Like, you know I'm you're going to be a front in Oregon buying Slim Reaper t-shirts for five bucks uh, right next to South Philly Pretzel Factory. And, and you know, they're going to sell like hotcakes. Yeah. Oh, man. I forgot to tell you the other thing. The other um Smith swag point. What's the I'm just going to drive it home. Uh, there was a game against Southern Miss in 2019 where they were dominating. I think by the end of the game, it, it was 49 to seven. It was a complete blowout. Sounds like an Alabama football game. And uh, they called Smith on the field playing rock paper scissors with Jerry Judy. And like later in an interview, they found out that they were playing, and the winner got to run the route that they both knew would be a touchdown. And and of course, uh, it was a touchdown. And That's sick. I think he he won and he he scored a touchdown. So later they were talking to Henry Ruggs. They were like, "What was that about?" And he was like, "Oh yeah, winner got to run the route, and the route was a touchdown." So see, you should have led with that. I would have. We would have never even had to talk about my. I know. Finish. I I forgot. You about lead it. with you lead with rock paper scissors, but I I do remember that Swag City. Uh, Swag City is is correct. Um, we're, we're we're getting a little long in the tooth here, but I do want to do one thing. Uh, l- just running through this really quick, I'd like to see what you would do here. Uh, if the Eagles go, uh, like the draft goes the way I'm, I'm assuming, I think there's going to be a run on quarterbacks and, uh, Smith and Chase both go 
as well as, uh, say, uh, the f- two or three of the quarterbacks. What, do you have, like, a player that's not in our tournament right now, like, that you are are falling in love with or, or like, getting excited for? We talked earlier about Bateman. Mm-hmm. I have I like Bateman a lot. But that would be a trade-back target. Mm-hmm. That wouldn't be a six. Um, if, like, three quarterbacks go and then Smith and Chase go, I right now I think I would go Patrick Certain. Yeah. But I know you're really hype on Farley, and I haven't looked too deep into Farley. I know yeah. he didn't play last year. Um, that may change, but that would that would probably be my pick there outside of a trade back. Yeah. I think I think that's the like it doesn't make for good radio, but one thing we, we should address really quickly is I think we both may be a little bit into like you need a superstar. So I think that they should go with somebody at six. But I think we both see the merits of trading back and can get excited behind the idea. You know, you probably don't have to go too far because yeah. if there's if there's a run on quarterbacks early, let's say that I don't know two of the three quarterbacks go, and Denver wants. I, I think I think Denver may want to trade up because they're going to have to leapfrog Carolina. Mm-hmm. And they want to trade up to us and leapfrog Carolina, and they're really in love with. Fields or Wilson or, or whatever and they want to they want to run up there. I don't think it's crazy to think you can net a two out of that. I think you probably have to give a little bit more than just mm-hmm. your six, but I don't think it's crazy to think you could double up on second round picks this year. And then it leaves you the possibility of Pitts, Certain, Farley. It leaves you the possibility of Waddle. You're only moving down four picks, I think, mm-hmm. right? You so, move from six to like nine, maybe next six to ten. So you still probably you still probably grab one of the guys, almost almost definitely grab one of the guys that made the mm-hmm. the top eight that we picked anyway. Right. So if you net a two, then you get Asante Samuel Jr. in the second round, mm-hmm. and I mean, there's even a chance you can get Bateman in the second round. I, I think he'll go in the first, but imagine that. Imagine getting like Pitts at ten. And then Bateman and Asante in the second round. Yeah, Are you that's kidding the me? dream. That's a dream. And and you, you're you're helping your receiving core up, and you're still getting maximizing value. But I, I guess that that may be a conversation for the draft day live stream. You know, we'll be talking. Uh, so I think I think I don't have anything left. I think you know we we've touched all our bases. Uh, like I said, uh, Smith and Pitts have moved on. Next week we're going to talk about the secondary. As well as uh, Wilson, I guess we should touch on the quarterback room very quickly. I think we've done it enough times. We all know that Jalen Hurts is the truth, so I don't. I don't know if we have to go too far into it. But Who we should else is even on the roster at this point? Who? Is That's there it. even That's another it. quarterback on the roster no, at this point? It's just Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, and then I think, I think that um, they're trying to sign Anthony Panvini. <laughs> I think they're trying to get a quarterback. You know, like a good a good locker room guy, uh, absolutely no talent, uh, but but a good locker room guy is what you're hoping for. I'd like to see Mariota. I wouldn't mind Mariota. That's another thing. We you know we we don't do uh we do the news on our Instagram, but uh the Eagles are looking at Mariota. They re-signed or they're restructuring Brandon Graham. They like the Eagles are making moves right now that are like for some reason getting me excited. Like I'm like I'm gonna talk myself into eight and eight. You know they probably have, ten and six. They have like seventy three million 11, cap 5. next year. They're they're like gonna be right back on it next year with the cap. So it's I'm 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 not super worried about that. Yeah, I can't wait until like two months from now after the draft where I've like come in here like drink seventeen beers and then talk myself into like a twelve and 
a 12 and 5 season. Yeah, it's 100% correct. Yeah, like, uh, and then when I say that's probably not going to happen, you're going to be like, you're not a real Eagles fan. You're no, I'll say something crazy. like, well, listen, listen to my logic, and then I'll probably like talk about something like a foot fetish and try to tie that into yeah. the somehow we go into like Las Vegas next year and, and just beat the beat the shit out of the Raiders or somebody some team we shouldn't win. Like, why not us? That's like the, that's the type of person I, I just go, hey, why, why not? Why not? Twelve and five. Why not? You know, our division's bad. Who, who's going to beat us? Well. There's... well. Well, that's a, a different story for a different day. I think that's what we got for you today. We have been recording for a long time. Yeah. Um, make sure you guys check us out on Instagram. Follow us there. Comment on our stuff. Talk to us. Uh, respond to our questions. Like we want to hear some some opinions from you guys, some insight from you guys. We're not that hard to find. Go and find us. Check out what we got going on. Thank you once again for listening. This has been episode three of the Philly Specialists. Hope you enjoyed it, and we will talk to you in a few weeks. Tell all your friends about us. And also, I'm going to start a porn hub for our account and, and just post videos of Jamar Chase. Is, is Pornhub our sponsor? <laughs> Can we be oh, horniest dudes in Philly? Definitely. <laughs>